Hey everyone, I'm Kim and welcome to the next episode of Tranquil Dreams Podcast. It's time for the next What's Up recap as we look at weeks 10 and 11. Uh, we're still a little bit of catch up to do as I'm recording and editing is still kind of a bit of a juggling game. And, um, you know, things are moving forward still. This week is, uh, these past two weeks have been a lot more, that I'm covering at least, have been a lot more active, as at least for three of the sections, um, with only one that's really falling behind. Um, I'm going to cover something really quick. So let's just jump right into it since uh, it's two weeks and it's going to be... Um, probably a little bit heavier than usual, but um, things are fairly balanced in all the sections. So let's go. Uh, starting with the first segment is reading. I'm going to say right away that this is definitely the section that I'm having a hard time getting back into. Uh, but it's really just the fact that I don't have the focus that I need to be reading right now. Uh, hopefully by the time we're done April or so, um, things should be probably a little bit better and I'll be able to get back to some reading. I'm really hoping to be able to kind of schedule it in um, before that, uh, just as kind of a relaxing thing or whatnot. That I'm still reading The Visitor. Uh, it's hasn't really moved forward since a month ago, so there's really not much to say about that. But um, the Littlest Dinosaur Review did go up. I had talked about this uh, children's book a few weeks ago, and um, I didn't talk too much about it because it is a children's book, so there already isn't a whole lot uh, to talk about. And um, But you can now check out the review that I'm going to link on the blog page. Uh, if not, you can check the link. Um, you can check the, the blog out. Uh, I'm going to give the link later on. Uh, at the end of the podcast. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, reading-wise, I mean, I'm going to try and get a few things down before, uh, if I can't get the visitor done, I'm probably going to try and get some filler in, some shorter reads. Uh, hopefully get reading kind of back on track since Goodreads is falling, my Goodreads reading challenge is falling further and further behind, and it's going to be uh, really hard to catch up if I don't kind of kick myself in the butt and kind of just... Um, find some time to read and uh, probably graphic novels or something simple that's been kind of sitting around and I never got around to finishing. So that's pretty much it for reading. Um, I don't want to go too deep because there's not really much to talk about. Uh, next section is playing. Uh, in terms of games, I, Game Warp is definitely back into our recording routine now. So we're gaming a lot more frequently. We're finding a lot more time to kind of just get back into the groove of things and uh, have a good balance between playing games, uh, reviewing games, as well as um, just doing game discussion topics. So um, the, the game that we're doing for, uh, for the month as a prep is for Little Nightmares 2. Um, for some of you who don't know, Little Nightmares is probably one of the games that um, out of the show, at least one of the games that we really, really love. Um, we had a fun time doing the podcast, sharing the theories of this very uh, vague type of storyline um, narrative that they had and what they were trying to do. And because of that, uh, weeks 10 and 11 uh, was one of the highlights probably was that I finally got around to playing the Little Nightmares DLC, Secrets of the Maw. Uh, which includes three chapters. It's three additional chapters uh, featuring a another 
uh, character called a little boy called Mono instead of the main game, which is the raincoat, the yellow raincoat girl called Six. So Secrets of the Maw had three chapters. You start off in the depths and then you move forward into the hideaway. And finally, it ends in the residence. You see some of the monsters uh, from the main game, as well as some new new kind of things, um, new kind of monsters that show up. So it's a pretty fun game overall. Uh, the DLCs definitely have a lot more depth and uh, are actually a little bit more challenging than the main game itself, in my opinion. Uh, it might be just because I haven't played a game like this in a really long time, so it's uh, I'm a bit rusty <laughs> in the whole platforming and um, just things with more complex uh, controls than flipping pages and clicking the mouse. But um, definitely something that got me back into, reminded me of just how great Little Nightmares is and got me really excited to play Little Nightmares 2. Not that I wasn't excited, but it kind of amped it up a lot more. Um, I'm going to talk about Little Nightmares 2 the week in the next podcast since... Um, I didn't finish it in, in, in sequential uh, of, of, the, of the weeks. I hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> Although at this point I am finished the game. Um, other than Little Nightmares DLC, uh, I also went ahead and um, checked out Astrologaster, which is a game that was on the Xbox Game Pass and I checked it out before it got removed. Um, Astrologaster is a... Um, kind of a silly game where it's a comedy set in Shakespeare London and you play as this um, quote doctor <laughs> called Simon Foreman who uh, treats who actually gain fame in uh, being able to find a curing them of the plague and with his kind of medical astrology and his kind of uh, tonics and whatnot and because of this, uh, he starts having people show up um, asking for them to solve his problems or kind of see the future with astrology. And you can call it as medical astrology. And in the process, the actual doctors with licenses are suing him or um, giving him a hard time that he needs to have a license in order to be qualified. Um, so there's a bit of that as a backstory while you're juggling the, um, the characters that show up uh, to his clinic and these uh, 13 clients, which you see about five to seven times, kind of will show up with their own kind of personal, professional and kind of medical problems. And uh, you have to kind of make the best choice based on the different options of the stars. It's kind of a multiple choice type of deal um, where you logically kind of figure out what's going on. Sometimes there isn't really a lot of logic going on, but you kind of have an idea about what's going on. Uh, what the outcome is going to be and sometimes sometimes there's a whole twist where you think that's going to be the outcome and then they take it completely on the other side um but the the point of the game is that through these 13 clients you need to be able to get i believe it's eight letter of recommendations um through your conversations and there's a bar between each one um for some people you don't even finish their storyline you can really just um anger them so much that they leave completely and they won't they won't give you the letter at all which did happen a few times um but i am happy that i did finish the game uh, i did manage to finish most of the storyline I, th I think except one that uh got cut short um but these but the game itself is pretty fun in the sense that it is really simple there isn't a whole lot of gaming per se 
Um, but it's really about analysis and choosing these paths and looking at these kind of ridiculous situations and these weird problems that show up. The game is incredibly odd, and yet there's this interesting humor to it that kind of makes you, you can't help but try and finish to see what the story of all these people are and where it's trying to lead to. Um, I mean, overall, it's, it's a pretty enjoyable game. Uh, other than that, I mean, I've been checking out Glass Masquerade 2 um, Illusions um, and working on the hard difficulty. Uh, I realized when I was playing the DLC for Lunar New Year that I actually didn't 100% the game. And I know it's not important to some people, but I really do like Glass Masquerade 2. And even if it didn't cost me a lot of money, I kind of enjoy the fact that um, the whole puzzling um, online with these uh, stained glass pieces of art type of thing is really relaxing for me, so I kind of enjoy it. And the hard difficulty ones are actually, the difficulty is, is harder mostly because now the pieces are not in the way that they're supposed to be, so a lot of them you need to rotate and fit them. Like how you would when you're doing an actual puzzle um, versus the easy one where the pieces will al already be aligned to the way that they're supposed to fit. Uh, because of that, obviously, a lot of the puzzles become a lot harder. They take a lot more time to do. Um, I think one of the longest ones I did took about an hour. But I'm only a few in, and there's many, many branches to work on, too. There's five branches with X amount of puzzles to do. So I have a long way until I'm finished, but this is kind of like my filler game when I just need to relax and calm down and not play something that's super hard or just try hard or something... Uh, that requires a lot more time. And that's pretty much for gaming. I mean, if I were to talk about a recommendation, I would definitely say that um, Little Nightmares would be my recommendation. And if you play Little Nightmares, you should definitely check out the DLC because they are very, very worth playing. And there is an incredible um, narrative in all these things, in all these games, uh, in this game and the world that it sets. And the music, the atmosphere, everything is done so incredibly well. And sometimes I feel that um, people in the mainstream gaming a lot uh, probably may have missed this game. And it's one that I feel is definitely worth checking out. Especially With that said, we're going to move straight into movies, um, watching. Movie-wise, it's probably my most um, heavy category uh, for this week, as some weeks it usually is, I guess. Um, for this week, I mean, I went through, um, there's a good balance of everything, actually. I The documentary that I watched was um, 2014's My Beautiful Broken Brain, which is about uh, Lotte uh, Soderlund as she recovers from a hemor hemorrhagic stroke. I don't know how to say that word. Um, and... What happens is she basically has to regain everything in life because now she has to relearn how to talk and relearn how to how to write and recognize words and and all these different things that are in her life that's changed and yet um, no one really understands what caused it and how to make her recover. So there's a lot of science that goes into it and the different steps that she's taking in order to have a grasp back into life and get back as normal as as close to normal as she can in her life and you kind of follow her through that journey the story that you see here is really a personal journey and 
for many, I think it's more of a thing where you never know what's going to happen the next day where something life-changing is going to happen. And when you look at her story of how she comes back to um, kind of grasp back her life again, it is a big struggle. And you, I think for anything like that, it's, it, it kind of tugs at your heartstrings a little. And it's such a challenging uh, reality that she has to face, right? Because you also get an idea from her family and what they say about how her life was before all this. So um, it, it's a decent, uh, it's a decent documentary for sure. Uh, I definitely um, learned quite a bit from it, if anything. Uh, moving on to the next thing is a, I guess it's something of a romantic comedy, you could call it. Uh, I call it a bit more of a adventure in some ways. Um, it, it reminded me a little of kind of Nick and Nora's infinite playlist where they kind of run around town over a day. Um, and these kind of stories always kind of, uh, it, it's something that I personally enjoy a lot. And, um, some of my favorite movies are like that, where it's just a one day adventure and two strangers that meet and their bond that they have, whether it's romantic or whether it's inspirational or whatnot. And so this one is 2016's Tramp, Tramps. Uh, I believe it's an indie film, as I don't think it's that known anyways, but it is a Netflix movie, um, and it's set in New York, I believe. And this movie is actually a ton of fun. There's a really good chemistry between, uh, between the two characters here, which is, uh, Danny and Ellie. And as they go around trying to chase after this briefcase or 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 that that they've been that's been swapped in the process of something that wasn't originally their issue um especially for danny who got pulled into this i think danny eventually through ellie and this whole adventure starts to find a different uh path for himself and and the courage to kind of fight for the things that he wants instead of the life that um he's feels like he needs to be uh, following in the sense that uh, he's helping his parents out and and just going through the motions and not really following his dreams of, of being a chef or something like that or the passion for food and when he meets Ellie he's able to move forward and I think that you know stories like this is always really fun because sometimes it's just that one person and that one event that really gives you that Thing that wakes you up and kind of makes you want to change your life and move somewhere uh, in a different direction to follow your heart and and that sort of thing. <laughs> it's probably not as deep as that, but Tramps is really really fun to watch. Um, I really like the dynamic of the of the two characters played by uh, Callum Turner and Grace Van Patten. Moving on after that is a horror trilogy franchise that I finished, and that's uh, VHS which started in 2012. It's pretty much um, a, each movie is a anthology with a backdrop of um, the first one is set on a group of misfits who uh, go to burglarize a desolate house. And as they watch different VHS tapes that um, in front of this, uh, in, fr in the TV with a, with a man that they found is, uh, has, been, has died, um, these stories, uh, cause them each to go away and each of the stories in the anthology uh, are fairly different um, the first one definitely has some more known directors like um, Adam Wingard and Ty West um, Joe Swanberg just to name a few uh, but 
the stories do really uh, come together in the first one rather well, especially when it ties it to that whole situation. And, I mean, in the end, the, the story behind it is these bunch of misfits, which you don't really care about them too much because they're not really... They're kind. They're they're a bunch of misfits. They you watch them go through all these um, found footage uh, style of what they're doing and the the things they're the things they're doing and they're not very they're just idiots pretty much. <laughs> but there are some of the segments in this anthology in these anthologies that do work and much like VHS two and VHS viral, um, the stories are different in the backdrop. Uh, it's a different setting, but it's always the same thing about people finding um, these tapes where they're watching it and a uh, different story happens. Um, VHS 2, VHS Viral all have that same type of concept behind it. Um, but I mean, anthology films in general, horror anthology, it's always kind of a, you know, you like one more than the other or whatnot. And that's definitely the case here, where some stories definitely stand out and are really, really memorable, and some are kind of just, they're okay, you know, they're, I don't think any of them are really bad, but um, I think probably when you think about uh, the next two, the last two, it's it's a little bit um, more far-fetched in that sense. Um, especially when you talk about the backdrop story, both of them change so much that the connecting events really... Uh, it's hard to really tell, um, especially when you get to the third one, where it now changes its direction into not, it, it's not about a VHS tape, but it's about um, this more cyber type of um, horror that's going on around the town and this, this man trying to chase down his girlfriend that's been taken away. And you see these different stories that are happening to the different people in the neighborhood and the things that are going on and and all these things that kind of loop together. Um, some good, some bad for sure uh, for the third one. I feel in some ways it is weak, but then there are some anthology uh, movies that are decent as well. Uh, moving on to the next thing is a more modern movie. So it's a new release in 2021 and that's Moxie. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Moxie. My review is already up. Um, on the blog, uh, and uh, in general, I mean, I think that Moxie as a coming of age and kind of a call to action about um, about sexism at school um, and kind of women's rights and equality and stuff. I think that it the story itself is good. I've never actually read the source material of Moxie, um, so I don't know how it differs or how it's the same or what connections it has. Uh, so to me, this is just based on the movie by itself. And um, in some ways, you know, you can really understand where the character is coming from when you're looking at this 16-year-old who anonymously uh, puts together this zine that's, that, that calls out on all these inequalities in school, whether it's a dress code or um, the favoritism of, say, the jocks versus, you know, the and then the... Um, the prejudices, I guess, or that sort of thing about against uh, the stereotypes against girls and the categories that they get put into and um, names they get called and whatnot, that um, it's very disrespectful in many ways. But at the same time, I have some little issues with, I guess, execution, where um, I feel that the execution is a little bit imbalanced. There is a 
very odd tone of where it wants to be. Um, especially when you're talking about uh, the main character. She has a very weird type of um, line in her relation in, in her character development where I think a part of it becomes a bit lost, especially for one segment where I think really kind of in some ways I can see why they added that in, but at the same time I also feel like um, it kind of steps back for her character a little. So yeah, I mean, I talk about that um, a lot, and uh, as for Amy Poehler, I mean, she directs this. Uh, I I do like Amy Poehler um, and her type of humor and such, but I feel like the movie doesn't isn't really about the humor so much as it's about the situation on hand, because it does definitely lean towards the drama a lot more, even if there's some quips here and there. Uh, moving on from Moxie, um, I go back, and this is our new season that's going to be uh, coming up, our season eight, I think, because um, we're really ahead of uh, production right now for movies and tea that I'm a bit lost. Um, but yeah, season eight is going to be all about Quentin Tarantino, so we're starting down the filmography, which is great because it's something that I've been wanting to do since I'm kind of a hit and miss for Quentin Tarantino, and I definitely feel that going back to reevaluate his movies or even just visit his entire filmography is going to really be an adventure because um just just from the movies that uh watching again that i i seen so far uh there's definitely something a lot more than just <laughs> excessive blood and violence and gore and all that uh, excessive violence pretty much um he has a different type of style and there's really uh interesting um, set of skills that he has when he's handling a script, which um, is, is, it definitely deserves a lot of merit and definitely a lot of reevaluation. Um, probably a lot of appreciation once you've um, seen a lot more movies and such. So, with that said, I mean, I, we started off in uh, 1992's Reservoir Dogs, which was a first time watch for me. I've never actually watched this movie before, um, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but never really got around to watching it, um, which I think is quite a loss because I think that the movie itself is is pretty good. It is um, much more serious um, and all the characters I really do like, they're different colors and it's, it's about a heist that goes wrong and you have this really decent pacing of the entire story because it, it's well compacted in this uh, an hour and 40 minute type of set, uh, film, which is the the the, the length that I think fits for it and um, it has a decent amount of that the cast itself is pretty good with you know Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, uh, Michael Madsen, each of them having their own sort of character that shines through through their actions and through their dialogue as you progress through the movie. Um, definitely one that I I would I would say is a really really one that I, I did enjoy a lot. Uh, moving on from there is uh, 2019 and the last movie that we're looking at in the watching section, and that's 2019's Yes, God, Yes, which uh, stars Natalia Dyer. Um, I mean, Natalia Dyer, I think I'm watching this movie mostly for her because of the fact that, you know, she gained a lot of fame from Stranger Things, and uh, I've been really hoping to see her in uh, more films and such outside of Stranger Things. Uh, yes, God, Yes is... Is, is interesting because as a girl who's in who's a Catholic teenager and she 
she unexpectedly gets exposed to this this chat which gets kind of <laughs> in a very unexpected type of um, turn of things which kind of wakes her up sexually so she starts um, having these kind of attractions and and um, feelings and whatnot that she that she has to embrace which is uh, pretty much not something that she should be uh, which is pretty much um, rejected in the Catholic type of uh, community with especially when she's talking to the priest uh, or I don't know what you call it um, but the leader of, of this group especially when she goes to camp she starts uh, she starts seeing a really uh, good-looking guy that she gets very attracted to as well and as she's going through this camp and all the different things that's going on whether it's a rumor about her and all the things she starts dealing with she starts realizing that a lot of the stuff going on around her she can't control and that everybody seems to be preaching <laughs> preaching something uh, preaching something and then doing something different from themselves I think the message in the end is is pretty good uh, because it does re reflect a type of reality that I feel is um, very true. Uh, the movie itself is pretty entertaining. It's not especially long, so I think that really helps it, uh, especially because it gets a like, decent pacing. Um, there are some moments where you feel kind of like, oh, no, no, no. Um, there's like this moment where you know this thing is going to turn, turn out to be bad, and yet... Um, Sometimes you look at this kind of faking it type of acting. It's like acting in her acting. And it really fits really well um, to, to bring out this character that she's playing. Uh, overall, a really entertaining movie. Um, the review should for this should be coming out soon. So, you know, the movie section, watching section has been pretty, pretty packed. Uh, overall, I do have to say that if I were to recommend a movie... Um, it would be between Tramps, Reservoir Dogs, Tramps and Reservoir Dogs probably, and maybe Yes God Yes. Um, it's really kind of, as I think more about it, it's really uh, got a charm to it. Although I'm not really sure if I'll go back to watch it. Um, but for me, the, the movies that really stood out and that I had a lot of, that I had a lot of fun with was definitely Tramps and Reservoir Dogs. And that's it for watching. And we're going to be moving to binging as we look at TV series that I've been um, going through. Uh, in reality, there's not a whole lot of TV series that I finished and not a whole lot of change from the currently watching in these two weeks, um, as most of them are still in the middle of their um, showing. The only one that uh, potentially should be finished is Who's the Murderer season six, and yet it's done, but I haven't really gotten back into watching the final uh, case and the closing ceremony of the whole thing. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm still watching A Journey for Love. It's nearing the end at this point. Um, there's the Pro Produce Camp 2021, the Youth with You season three, um, Shanghai Share a Life. All those things are still in progress. Um, they should be going on for a little bit while, a little while longer. I, I think some of them, at least for the two um, survival shows, the idol survival shows, they're definitely going to be going into the summer. Um, I'm not sure if it should be uh, June or something, probably, that it ends or something like that. So we'll definitely see where that goes. But 
Uh, I'm definitely more on track with Youth With You right now than um, Produce 2021, mostly because um, the Youth With You I can watch on the PC and the other one I can only watch on um, the Tencent app, which is a pain <laughs> overall <laughs> to be watching four hours of an episode <laughs> each week on your phone. Um, as for, you know, Shanghai Share Life, I definitely really like that one a lot. Uh, it, it's something that I'm really enjoying every, every week. I try to catch it when it premieres and, um, the stories of the people that are living there, um, as they change, uh, as the people change and change, uh, leave and come and whatnot. It's, it's very, very fun to watch. Um, especially because you watch these youths that are each trying to, um, get their own path and some of them there it's not for love it's just because they need to be there everybody's there for a different reason uh, whether it's to make friends or to expand their social circle or whatnot uh, everybody has different things and you see different friendships build and um, different uh, relationships and different attractions and whatnot definitely one that I'm, I'm enjoying a lot uh, as for TV series that are still wa that I'm still watching, I think the only new one is um, The Sword and the Brocade, which is a new series um, starring Wallace Chung and uh, Seven Ten. Um, I'm fairly far in the series. I started this one when it was uh, probably it already had about twelve episodes or twelve episodes or fifteen episodes or something like that. Uh, at uh, and. Um, it's interesting. It's set in the ancient China. It's a little bit more serious in the Ming Dynasty, where um, this is a general's. Uh, it's a. It's pretty much the home of the general, and uh, pretty the 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 story, pretty much the romance of 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 him and this his uh, latest wife, pretty much, <laughs> um, as a part of an arranged marriage, and. I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'm going to wait until the end to see how it all comes together. Uh, there is 45 episodes, and I'm not sure why they're not updating this week uh, as this goes up, so <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Uh, the story itself so far is not bad. Um, I'm not a big fan of Wallace Chung in general, but I do like Seven Tan a lot, so there's kind of a balance here and there between the two for me, and that's basically how I feel about it right now. Uh, the only series that I did finish is Go Go Squid 2, uh, DT Apple Dog's Time. I've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of Go Go Squid, and I'm trying to get a TV binge out for it, um, and maybe even give it a rewatch when I have time before I do it. Uh, because the thing is that Go Go Squid 2, I think the ending really solidifies how I feel about it, is that as a sequel, it's not, or a spinoff, it doesn't work as well for this couple. Um, because for me, I, I wasn't really rooting for them too much. And I think by the end, it got a little repetitive how, um, their relationship was and the dynamic that they had between them. Um, and even the chemistry felt a little off at times. Um, but then at the same time, it kind of gives you a complete feeling when you look through, when you get to the end and you have these little snippets in between of the couple from Go Go Squid. Um, who I absolutely adore and when they had the ending of the series where they had both their marriages at the same time and it felt like such a completion of the previous one that I got a lot more touched because of the feeling that the first one was finally finished 
rather than the fact that this was the second one. And I think that that's one of the biggest problems for me is that because this is a spinoff, they and that they change the storyline of of the basis of what they're competing in, and and that kind of messes with how they're trying to intertwine that storyline with what happens in Go Go Squid, where now it turns that it actually makes it even harder for the story to be successful to stand on its own because now it almost feels like it's riding on the first one, and they're trying, and I do applaud the fact that they're trying to intertwine the stories to make it feel like this is happening at the same time as what's going on in Go Go Squid. But at the same time, you know that it's not because there are a lot of things, for fans at least, that don't really work really well in between. And I think that's the main issue I have with it is the immersion of this one almost feels off. And for me, the 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 second couple here, uh, which is which is um, the sister and the the teammate of the respective uh, main couple. Actually, I would have loved to see them a lot more because their relationship, while it was a lot of arguing and a lot of different things, those two characters had a lot more dynamic uh, than than the than the main couple. And it's not to say that the main couple they haven't done good series because I have watched them in other series, which I think they're pretty good in. Um, so I really just think it's the script here that has a lot of problem and the whole execution, which kind of makes it a little bit lacking. There are some moments where I did get really caught up in it, but at the same time, there were some moments where by the end where I really felt disconnected to the characters and that their chemistry and their story didn't mean too much to me. Um, but that might be just me. I mean, maybe some people aren't as picky about it. Uh, I I mean, it is, it is a spinoff, I guess. It, it has, it tries to be self-contained and yet, it doesn't fully let itself do that, which I think is a pity because I feel that you need to choose which side you want to be on. Uh, and I didn't feel that they had chosen. I felt like they wanted to kind of be their story, but also appeal to the fans. So, you know, um, a bit, a bit, a bit disappointing, I think, um, because I was really excited for this, uh, but, you know, these things happen. So, um, you know, moving on to the next TV series, right? What can I say? Uh, so that pretty much wraps up this, uh, the week 10 and 11. Uh, nothing, nothing that's really exciting. Um, for the TV binge, um, I mean, you could go watch Go Go Squid 2. Um, but I would say if you want to go watch that, I'd, I'd recommend you go watch Go Go Squid if you haven't yet. Because that's a really, really good series. Um, absolutely one of my top five Chinese dramas that I love if not top three. <laughs> I binged that one in the most traditional binging sense possible. So with that said, I mean, week 10 and 11 recap is done for this What's Up. Um, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, it's probably going to be longer than anticipated, but um, I tried to keep things as concise as possible uh, with um, some of my highlights and whatnot. Uh, Things are going to be slowly getting back to normal. Um, it's just a, as an ending, I'm going to talk about this a little right now. And that's, uh, I I can't, while I keep trying to get this back into a weekly format, I've, I'm starting to realize that until the end of April happens, I'm pretty sure that work isn't going to slow down and I have to be accepting that reality. 
So we're going to be trying our best to see, uh, To I'm going to first catch up with uh, the next one also being a dual week. And then after that, we're going to try and go back into the weekly, but I have no guarantees right now. So episodes will go out when they go up. Um, I'm going to try at least to do this on a um, every bi-weekly or so just to keep things on track if I, if I need. Um, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to check some of the related links, you can always go or, or the reviews or whatnot that has gone up. You can always check out my blog at kling.wordpress.com. You can also check out um, all my social media. Uh, most of the stuff is updated there as well, whether it's my Facebook page, which is Tranquil Dreams Blog, or uh, Instagram also has some updates where uh, I share some pictures about uh, general things, um, and that's uh, Tranquil Dreams. And uh, you can check out my Twitter, which is incredibly inactive, but <laughs> you can always find some of my links there as well, which is tranquil dreams underscore. Uh, Till next time. Bye.